Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pale in Comparison, a proud member of the Doof Network. In this podcast, my sister uses her knowledge of the otherverse to take a look at Pact, Wildbo's least appreciated work, and I try to not give away any spoilers. I'm Jenny, and Malia convinced me to read Worm. I'm Malia, and Jenny convinced me to read everything else. This episode, we are covering Conviction, chapters 5.3 and 5.4. Before we get into that, however, I'd like to issue a spoiler warning. This podcast is filled with pale spoilers. If you don't know if the trench coat mouse is actually a good guy and don't want us to tell you, stop now, read Pale, and come back to this podcast. As for Pact, there will be full spoilers to the chapters we are covering. Man, if all the snippets you could have chosen. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> you know. I like it. Um, yeah, and you'll just have to find out by reading Pale. Y'all have... Mm-hmm. I mean, or who knows, we might talk about him, so get ready to be spoiled on all the amazing trench coat madness. Um, all right, I'm going to talk about the chapter summary. Um, chapter summaries, whatever. Um, Blake attempts to escape, but is trapped in a looping staircase. With Rose's help, he shatters a window and jumps out the window, only to be looped into the staircase again. Duncan ends up confronting him. Evan sneaks behind Duncan, allowing Blake to escape from the window. Blake decides to go back inside to get his confiscated items. Um, Blake leads, um, I'm sorry, Evan leads Blake and Rose to his body where they perform the familiar ritual. Try to escape again after the ritual, but this time Blake is caught and put in a cell. Evan does manage to steal an important item from Duncan, stopping the time changes. Uh, Blake is let free and he makes a promise to return to the police station the next day. Which is just such a fucking life choice. Like, (laughs) there's a lot of fucking life choices in this, man. Like, you know <laughs> yep that's fair <laughs> <laughs> so blake starts on his bold escape with rose and evan's help he attempts to get out of the police station but is foiled by a looping staircase sorry i'm just like letting these chapters wash over me again the first time i read them i was like cool familiar ritual yeah and then when i was writing my notes i was like wow i have a lot of fucking notes <laughs> um i don't know if it's just like getting back into the swing of pact and like having more trying to connect more thoughts to different pieces of the story um or what but i was just like blah so um i guess like the first thing that i took from this chapter was he's like what is blake thorburn and i'm like blake you have to fucking focus and he's like oh and then he's like oh <laughs> you know presence like i couldn't communicate effectively with evan and like that sentence the first time i read it just like broke my heart i was like no like <laughs> evan <laughs> You must talk to him. He loves you. Um, <laughs> so that was devastating. And I'm super mm-hmm. happy that Evan is Blake's familiar. And I'm excited and nervous to see how this goes. But Evan is adorable. And he's adorable. Will die for Blake, except he can't, which is great. Because he is would. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, then we're, we're going. And like the feathers was a lot. Um, it wasn't until the, my second read through that I realized like how incredibly fucked up blake is because i just like the first time i just needed to know what happened so i was going kind of quickly and i was like yeah feathers whatever okay blake you're losing it it's magic i get it but this time i was like oh my god you're losing it like and i feel like there should be some very obvious metaphor coming to my mind about like blake being a bird and like wanting to fly and wanting to be free and i guess like as he continues to like lose his self by bleeding and then falling down the stairs a whole bunch he's losing (laughs) the ability to fly and be free with his feathers um 
it just like feels like it's some big metaphor like screaming in my face and i'm not quite but i mean i feel like that was a lot of but there's a lot of burned imagery yes there's so many birds um and then there's the point where he jumps up and grabs one and i'm thinking like like can blake not blake can rose see the feathers like is this just like blake's like losing so much of his self that he's like sort of like half stepping into some sort of like other yeah Mm, realm and whatever yeah because rose doesn't comment on the feather and he's he's like yeah i grabbed it and i like put it in my pocket to save it for later and i was like what like was that a complete hallucination or did he actually grab something and save it and could rose or evan see it um i was really (laughs) i was also wondering if people could see the tattoos of like the beheaded birds or whatever because like the um alexis i think commented on his tattoos being brighter and asked if he had gotten them redone and so i was like oh so like normies can see the changes a bit like they notice but mm-hmm. i wonder like would alexis see <laughs> headless birds on his arms um because i at least thought that that's what was happening but it might have just been me reading too fast it's true <laughs> just like neutral response okay um <laughs> I also completely forgot that Rose wasn't physically present. I've been doing this. I do this a lot. Um, and um, sorry. Um, but I've, I've been doing this a lot where I'm like, what do you like? Why is Rose's voice like moving away from you? Like, what are you talking about? She's like right there. And I'm like, no, she's not right there. Emily, she's in a mirror. Like she's in the reflections. <laughs> like she's not there. And that was, you know, obviously really important in this chapter in terms of like trying to break things to hurt Duncan. And um, I just like, when Rose is around, I never think of Blake as being alone, but Blake is alone. And it's nice that he has Evan. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I was going to make a, ask a question, but I think we'll wait until further on. Okay. Um, oh, and then at one point, I think they're like running down the stairs or something is happening. And Rose is basically like, yeah, let's just fucking leave June. It's fine. And I was like, how dare you? <laughs> June has been there for you this whole time. And like, you would just leave her and like, I don't remember. I, uh, I I should have gone back to see the wording and stuff with the promises to June. Because mm. um, I think he said, like, I don't remember if he said, I'll try to make you warmer or whatever. But, like, would straight up abandoning June be breaking a promise? Or would it just be lying? Depend on the Or wording. would it be anything? Right. Like, I'm one thing I struggle with this in this universe is, like, what is the line between a lie and a broken promise? Um, and I think that's, like, something that a lot of people and characters and everything in this universe struggle with um because like if you say you'll do something and then you don't that's a lie but it's also sort of a broken promise um potentially and the distinction between those things is incredibly important <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, i think also i mean the drama of if you're like swearing in a versus mm-hmm. you just say i'm gonna pick up groceries later or i'm gonna eat dinner in a few minutes sure probably a little bit different than an oath you know yeah it just i don't yeah well because the spirits like drama too right that's true i mean i i feel like there's definitely times where i'm like that was obviously a promise or an oath and there's times where they're like oh that was obviously just a statement but i don't know it's hard um because i'm like could leaving june mean that blake is forsworn because like if so like that's you know well, if he has kept her warm before maybe you could argue like he did keep her warm he did it that's true if he says um, i'm going to keep you warm every moment of the rest of my life no matter right, what that'd be dumb that'd be dumb and that yeah but he said i will do if, if he said like i will do my best to keep you warm as i can and that wouldn't be like a he can 
That's true. Um, which we could go back and look up the wording, but um, I'll see if I can. Uh, <laughs> but we probably won't. We probably won't, but I'll see if I can find it real quick. And if I can't, then uh, everyone will just be like, you guys were totally wrong about all this. So <laughs> it helps with the listener engagement to be totally wrong. <laughs> yes. I realized there was also something I wanted to say from the rest. Looking up something. Yes, and I found it. Sweet. But did you did you find the June thing? Almost. Almost. So Rose says, um, if you agree to help, my friend can hold you, keep you warm, and you don't have to fight all. And then you can fulfill the bargain, keep that vessel warm. Um, yeah, that's definitely not. I mean, yes, Blake can do that thing. So hmm. I guess he's good, but still. Ugh, June. Darling woman. Um, but speaking of June and Echoes, um, <clears throat> Blake and Rose talk a little bit about Evan and like what he is. And I, I do think that Evan is like more than just an echo um, mm-hmm. because echoes can't do anything outside of their script. Um, like June can't even move in a way that her programming kind of like doesn't have available. She just like jumps to the next place kind of because the like it's like the Ben taught me a word about video games recently like sprites. Like 2D video games, the images of the character is just a whole bunch of different little still images that change to make it look like they're moving or whatever. So if like June Sprites doesn't have the like walking down the hill, she can't look like she's walking down the hill and she just becomes at the bottom of the hill or whatever, which is really interesting. Um, Because Evan can talk about things um, and can move in ways that he wasn't able to and it does seem like there's something about evan he knows that he's dead and he knows yeah he's not just a manifestation of a traumatic moment he is evan um which is really interesting and i feel like we haven't really encountered this in pale i can't think of i guess he's like more spirity than an echo but like um it's it feels like most of the spirits are strong echoes or like combinations of echoes and other things or like Like concepts not like right like individuals or whatever like edith one of the like her the gvc's components or whatever is like a really strong echo of like a pyro girl but it wasn't like her spirit literally or whatever and there was like the the manifestation of like candlelight vigils for someone who had died like that's not a soul (laughs) um and it's really interesting yeah spirits um yeah it's like if you think of it's like you have your ghosts your echoes and usually it's like if you have a stronger one they're a wraith but it's like evan the opposite it's like evan is what i think of when i think of ghost in like like popular what, media. world th- yeah thinks of ghosts ghosts are like the souls of people who remained on earth for some unfinished business and like that's not what echoes are right mm-hmm. um and so it's just really interesting and then and then it leads to rose saying Actually using and leveraging a soul is a little different than using a ghost, by which she means echo. And it's just like really interesting. And I I mean, I got that Rose like just showed up and there's this like child running around that Blake is like having him fetch things and do different things, and it's like a you know, a dead child and all that crap. But like mm-hmm. she's not really taking his agency into account. Um like June had the ability to consent to the agreement that she was in with Blake, which is really great. But like Evan definitely has the ability to consent um, in a way that's probably clearer. He can like ask better 
questions that Blake can understand, um, mm-hmm. and they can communicate. And like it reminds me of um, in sixteen point one when the Goblin Market is gonna start and they're waiting for Nicolette and Liberty to show up. Um, Lucy mentioned, or they're talking about Liberty and Toadswell is like, I wouldn't want to use her, and Lucy's like, I think we would want to use her, and like. I don't know. It reminds me of Kant. Like the categorical imperative is like you should treat people not merely as a means, but as an end within themselves. But that doesn't mean like you can't treat people as a means. And I think the Kenneteers see people as ends within themselves, but they also see them as mean. Like they like they get a lot of use and utility out of the relationships that they have, but that doesn't mean that like they don't value those people. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and so like with Evan, it's like I think Blake really really values evan he sees a lot of himself in him and he wants to protect him and help him um but evan also has a lot to give to blake and the relationship and he has a lot to contribute um Mm -hmm. and would be a huge advantage to blake and that's not immoral like that's not a bad thing to have evan do those things or ask evan to do those things or allow Mm -hmm. evan to do those things or whatever um because you see throughout this these chapters like evan like comes back and fights for Blake and does things for Blake without being asked to do. Um, yeah. He obviously like really cares about Blake and wants to do these things. And I mean, by the end of it, Rose is like, yeah, okay. Um, and agrees to like, you know, it's like, yeah, do this ritual or whatever. But it's, I mean, maybe she's just like, I mean, she's probably projecting in terms of like Rose is seems to be more than an echo, you know? Yeah. She's a, she's a vestige. So she's, mm-hmm almost like a soul that never existed or something um but and she obviously is resentful of blake um and is probably like it's not cool to use this child and i mean i think it's good that rose brought it up like it is important i think to like question the morality of like what you're doing and what is happening Mm -hmm. um but i think i just was like kind of defensive of blake's relationship with evan and how good it seems to be do you think she's um i guess upset or jealous or that like she didn't get chosen as familiar um i like i mean okay there's probably a bit of rose that is a little bit miffed that blake didn't ask because i could see her wanting that but i don't think she wanted to be blake's familiar um mm-hmm. i think she wants to separate herself from blake and become more independent not more connected um i think that she i feel like it was mentioned somewhere about like her taking a familiar at some point like she went through the awakening ritual and i do think she can channel um and so i'm not really sure um like i think she envisions herself more as like a practitioner than another what do you you think because she kind of um do you think that she should have gotten more of a say in who blake took as his familiar i mean like like in an ideal world yeah um (laughs) in an there's someone trying to keep me in this building. And if I remain in this building for the next six hours, my soul will belong to the embodiment of conquest who is losing his control on the city. And he will force me to summon demons for him. And um, this ritual will help us. And this kid cannot go too far away from his body, which is here in this building. And we have to fucking do this now. (laughs) It seems a lot more reasonable. Um, Yeah. But the fact that, I mean, it's obvious that Evan really does influence Rose. Um, Like, the three of them are tied and connected together. And presumably, if Rose gets out of the mirror and ever is able to take a familiar, Blake will also, like, the four of them will be tied. Um, 
which is really complicated. And so I I also think that like Rose would have agreed. Um Evan is sweet and adorable. Um one of the drawbacks about Rose being Blake's familiar is that wouldn't be an extra source of power. They'd have nothing else to draw power from. It would just be their like circular loop. Um so he's mm-hmm. another power source. He's he's like the ultimate video game rogue or something. He touches doors and they just fucking pop open. Like what the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's cool. Um he and like they were like we're going to have to get a really shitty, bad first one of these cool rituals because we don't have any power or anything to offer. And I think that yeah. Evan was a lot better than, like, basically anything Isn't- else they could have done. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like, thinking about Rose, like, the last thing she remembered was breaking that window at the university. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, like, to be in a jail and Blake is bleeding out on the floor and there's a ghost child and he's, like, running around bleeding. <laughs> And falling down the stairs. Like, it is a lot. Um, I really... Rose frustrated me more in these chapters than she normally does. I'm normally very pro-Rose. But um, I should probably cut her somewhat of a break. She did not... She hasn't been there for an arc. So, yeah. But just a lot of, like, interesting moral questions and uh, love for Evan. Mm -hmm. Um, My second big rantish thing in this section was... The the instincts came back, Blake and his instincts, and Rose being like, what the fuck? Um, she says, you really shouldn't trust your instincts if they're telling you to carve yourself up. But like, literally, what else is Blake supposed to do? Um, like, he didn't have to go on that walk with Laird. Um, he didn't have to go fuck with the Behames and Laird's, Laird's, um, the Behames and the Duchamps, uh, and fuck up that ritual thingy that blocked his house off. and. Otherwise, I can't think of any, like, real substantial choice Blake has had throughout most of this story. Um, yeah. So, like, you are in a jail, and again, the manifestation of conquest, which is control of the city and losing power, and wants you to summon demons for him, will be have your soul or whatever the fuck in, like, less than 24 hours if you don't get out and do some, like, ridiculously impossible task. <laughs> um, <coughs> so, while it is incredibly dramatic and bad like blake doesn't know how to draw a fucking connection blocker like blake doesn't know how to do anything efficiently or well and it's not really his fault i guess he could have just stayed in the house and literally not left and read all the books but the books didn't even tell him that he can't use sarcasm or how to draw a fucking connection blocker so i don't know (laughs) yeah i don't know it's rough yeah um but thinking about blake Reading connection blockers. I guess I sort of have a question for you, Jen, at this point, if you can answer it. Um, Uh-oh. The, I mean, I really like seeing Duncan, seeing Blake. Like, Blake seems like an extraordinary practitioner in the sense that he's, like, extraordinarily fucked, whereas the Kenneteers yeah. seem to be fairly blessed. Um, yeah. They have access to large amounts of power that other practitioners have access to, but through, like histories of family accumulation and having to deal with their family politics like duncan can do some really cool shit here but it's like he has the permission and support and resources of the family yeah like normally he can't do this sort of thing Mm -hmm. and i feel like these chapters have really helped me put the normal life of an average practitioner if there's such a thing into some perspective um and just like do you think that us pale first readers have a super skewed view of the practice um in terms of like power levels and what practitioners can do or not for Um, sure 
Because, <laughs> I mean, like, there was the school where everyone was like, wow, you can do so much. And that one dude, like, fainted or whatever. But, like, most of Pale is just like, look at these crazy banana shit. And you're like, yeah, cool. I mean, I feel like recently with Avery, it's starting to get a little bit more like, oh, please, for Kenneth, like, please just do this for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Like, it feels a little bit more like they're... And, like, with the power source from Thea and stuff, they're taking more of it into consideration. But it's still not, like, I don't know. What Duncan does is really cool, but doesn't seem like anything on the level that Kenneth tears do on, like, a semi-regular basis. I mean, I feel like... Back time, I guess. I feel like these these two books are like from the opposite ends of the spectrum. Like mm-hmm. one Blake has like a really shit deal and less power than you probably normally would and really fucking bad karma, like more really fucking bad karma than you normally would. Whereas mm-hmm. the Kenneteers like they get started out with like a really immense amount of power early on. And like you're saying, they don't have those connections, but they also don't have the obligations that they have to meet in order mm-hmm. to get that power. And mm-hmm. so um, I think both ends are kind of skewed in a way. Um, Cause you don't really get to see what that middle is. But then again, like what is an average practitioner? Is there an average <laughs> practitioner? They're all kind of fucked. Like even the kind of tears yeah. are kind of fucked. Yes. You know, like they have a lot of power, but they're in a bad position. Right. And they are tied to a lot of promises and obligations, even if it's not the same family bullshit. Yeah. I mean, and they have more, um, it's, it's easier for them to be, I guess, more moral (laughs) or Hmm. do things the right way. Um, whereas like, um, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's like Blake is like started off as like a bad guy almost even though he's not you know it's, that's, that's right. what the world is treating him as so it's like he's almost more incentivized just to say fuck it and be bad <laughs> right in some ways because it's like well his karma's already bad like you know he can get a lot of power if he does certain things <laughs> so, totally. but um like obviously that would make the whole world and everything worse and he's not a shit person so um <laughs> he's doing things the absolute fucking hard way and luckily, he's just seems to be built just for that. <laughs> you know, seems mm-hmm. to be be able to handle that pretty well. But yeah, no, I think I think yeah, pale readers are definitely like have a skewed view. Um, but I also don't think it's quite as bad as people who read Pact um, the first time. <laughs> you know, it's kind of it's a little bit, and it's more in the middle there. But yeah, well, I mean, I feel like in pale, um, this was also mentioned in pace um the idea of people being awoken and then just sort of like not really practicing anymore after a while like you still have to tell the truth and stuff all the time but in general they just sort of like stop practicing Mm -hmm. and to me that almost feels like a quote-unquote average practitioner i mean like maybe still on the lower-ish end Mm -hmm. of the spectrum um in terms of average like that's not what most people do (laughs) I bet, like, as a practitioner, if you awaken, you're not just going to be like, I'm just going to not do anything, <laughs> you know? But like, I, do you I mean, like, like, a mean or median or, like... Oh, hmm. I, I have to math. admit, I always get those two mixed up. Yeah, mean <laughs> is average, median is, like, the the person who happens to be in the middle. Um, I don't know, I just feel like yeah. there's probably a whole bunch of people. It's like, like, there's really vocal people in the political spectrum 
who tend to be the more like extreme versions of whatever because they're like really passionate about their thing and so they're like really vocal about it and there's a whole bunch of people who are like oh i don't know and you don't hear about them and i feel like there may be a decent amount of people who are awoke or whatever who are like you know that was really fucking scary and i've decided that i don't really want to mess with it and i've managed to like slowly fade out of this life you think there's a lot of people (laughs) that are like that well i feel like if there are we don't know about them because they don't matter so maybe you're right but also i don't know i'm just like think of the the type of ways we've heard of people awakening um just in what we've read not even just with the protagonist but even like the hypothals in the books that Mm -hmm. they've read and things right um Mm -hmm. all the families and stuff so a lot of peace people were not in a great place to start with or something happened and they're like having to you know blah 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 as so like even if they're so like most of these people who are awakening um are probably going to be introduced to it by someone i'm Mm -hmm. assuming um they're probably not just gonna like pull a ritual out of their ass and you know I mean, maybe if, if they've like read a magical book or did something, have this vision come to them and they would end up doing it. But I think in my opinion, even if like, even if, even if there are a bunch of people, sure, that like are awakened and decide I'm not touching this with a 10 foot pole ever again, you know, I'm just not going to lie. There's a lot of people um, that have awakened in that circumstance that probably know other people um, that are also awakened or others or I don't know. Um, that probably just based on what we've seen might not be the best people in the world and maybe feel like they can take advantage, um, by getting some power, doing some gainsaying, getting, doing some, you know, all I have to do is catch someone in a lie or catch someone like have a make a promise that they can't keep or whatever. And like they're gainsaid or forsworn. Um, and that other person gets a free boost of power or like, um, I mean, there's probably a lot of different ways that, um, they could be taken advantage of without those things as well. Like just, (laughs) um, from other people in their lives that knew, um, and maybe help them to awake. I mean, look at fucking Musser. Like he was like, here, my loving son, go and try to get the Carmine throne. Good fucking luck with that shit. Um, just cause kind of fucked up so you're basically dead you know that's his fucking son i mean he's a piece of shit but like (laughs) i mean i'd say there's a lot of practitioners that i mean like talia's mom oh god who says she's the first daughter she's had she might have it is but she might have had like quite a few dolls before her you know (laughs) who knows but even if not even if that is her first one that's a terrifying horrific thing to say to your daughter or like an intent for your daughter be like right you better be good or i'm gonna have this creepy ass doll take your place and good fucking luck (laughs) i mean if they're willing to do that kind of stuff to their own family like somebody else like a family or friend who awakens um then just decides like not to openly practice like they're definitely still trying to take advantage in my opinion especially like yeah a lot of these practitioner families you know they're like okay, well, we're going to awaken our kids and that way they can, like, keep going with the family name and still fulfill obligations and stuff. I mean, I don't think they'd take it that well if one of their kids um, or people they awoke were like, nah, I'm going to peace out and just not do this shit, you know? I feel like that wouldn't... I don't know. Yeah, I just... I feel like I remember something from one of the recent chapters about, like, 
maybe someone was talking to like Nicolette or something. I don't know. Just it seemed like, oh yeah, just kind of going off and not practicing anymore was like an option. And I could see how it wouldn't be in a lot of the like practitioner families. Um, and mm-hmm. it, I may have just missed that part for or, the kind of tears, but I mean, if that's yeah. canon or, and I, I might've just like missed that part, I guess when I was reading. So, um, but I'm just, so that may be a, an option, but I just don't think it's one that very many people would be able to take, um, in my opinion, or I, it would be really for that just unfortunately, because I feel like once you awoken, that's like a door you can't close. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe later you can point out which recent chapter it was, and I'll read back on that because it's not ringing a bell, but I believe it. Right. Well, yeah. And if anyone out there is like screaming at the podcast right now, please share your thoughts and we will. um, It's an interesting thought of what other sorts of practitioners might look like. um, Slash, if any of you remember what I'm talking about. Fair. I mean, fair enough. You guys might be screaming like, Jenny, you need to read more thoroughly. I mean, I, I'm just going to use the excuse that I've got a newborn. Um, I mean, she, well, three month old, but that's new enough, you know. <laughs> She's <laughs> pretty a, small. And a running on three year old who, uh, as I told Malia um, yesterday, decided to bring the water hose inside the house to clean the kitchen. <laughs> so um, that's the kind of things that <laughs> that I'm dealing with. So that's my excuse if I'm not reading thoroughly enough. <laughs> In his defense, um, the kitchen was very clean afterwards, um, after we got off the water. (laughs) (laughs) So he did a good job. Mission accomplished. (laughs) So Blake attempts to escape through a window. Rose shatters it. Uh, Blake draws a wind rune on his chest and jumps out the window, only to be foiled by the looping effect again. Duncan confronts Blake in the stairwell. (laughs) So the part where Blake, oh my god, this part was so funny. Um, I was proud of myself. I guessed what he was doing. But when he's like standing on the window or whatever and like gonna jump out and he's like drawing something on his chest and he's like i hope i remember how to do this right i'm like oh my god you're drawing a fucking wind room on your goddamn chest you gotta jump out the fucking window and then he did <laughs> and he did and it was just like avery's shoes and thinking about how avery's shoes you know she can't use or like you know if she relies on them the spirits might be like this will be funny to fuck her up right now and just like all i could think of when blake drawing a rune on his chest was like they're gonna fuck you but eventually it worked out um the yeah this was just like i didn't get that he was trapped in a looping staircase and i didn't understand that it would be like a looping window and i just it was so good and i was totally um caught off guard or whatever every time um it sucks how much energy rose loses so quickly um by breaking all of these things and Mm -hmm. it reminds me of like gilkey and how it took so long for Gilkey to like rest and recover. Um, and like all like that energy that he rests or that he gets from resting is spent in like two minutes or whatever. Um, and luckily it's not that bad for Rose, but it does seem pretty strenuous still. It's a huge, yeah. And it's it's great that she um it seems like she's back. It seems like that's solved. It seems like Blake fixed it, and so that's really nice. Um, but yeah, it's kind of just like Oh God! Here's the first of several beats of like Rose losing a lot of power quickly, um, mm-hmm. and Blake has lost so much power. So that means that you know they're all just fucked. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to Pack. Just like how can there be like I guess I don't remember how many arcs there are. Like how can there be like ten more arcs of this or something? I don't even. I just <laughs> these poor people. <laughs> how mad would you be if like they died and then the protagonist switched to like the Bahames? I'd be, 
Excuse you? I would be so mad. <laughs> I mean, if they died in this protagonist switch to, like, Paige, I'd be devastated. But if it switched to the Bahames, I can't these people. <laughs> like, maybe Sandra Duchamp, but even then, like... <laughs> It was like Laird, it's like, and then Laird, you know, sat back by the campfire and said, now children, that's why you shouldn't dabble with demons. Yeah, fair. Not his fault, but fair. (sighs) Is this foreshadowing? Did I spoil the book? I guess you're going to have to find out. I'll have to find out. (laughs) Yeah. I was thinking about my first big prediction about like being a karmic law practitioner and like, that's already really funny to me now. Like, the idea of, like, not being a oh, diabolist is like, so really good. funny. Um, I had no idea what this book series was. I was really happy when you said that. And, like, everyone was really happy and said, this is amazing. <laughs> it made sense. This is the best prediction I've ever seen. It yeah, so it was sense great. The time. I mean, it did. It honestly did. Um, and I love it. Uh, I still don't know what karmic law is. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see as we go on. Maybe, maybe you'll find out by the end of the book. I really hope so. Otherwise, like, I don't know, maybe it'll be another book that he'll write called Plea or something. Mm-hmm. There you go. Not a bad title, right? So good. So good. That's right. Cool. All right. Next one. Um, Blake sends Evan away, who leaves down the stairs and manages to sneak behind Duncan thanks to the looping effect. This time, Blake manages to escape by jumping out of the window, but decides to go back into the building. Yeah, so the part where Evan is like, telling duncan how he wanted someone to help and he wanted someone to find him and like blake came is so good and so awful like it really establishes why evan is doing this um and makes you just like love him so much and like like duncan gets it like duncan knows like duncan knows that blake saved him and he's still doing this and like that sucks and it's like okay if there was some like person with the nuclear codes and they were maybe gonna hit the button at any moment or what you know like just like i something equivalent to like being able to work with demons but they were nice to this ghost of a child once and your whole family is like no but keep him in this building like you still got to keep him in the building um yeah but it's still like it's just the fact that they're like using or the fact that he's using this thing of blake maybe having murdered evan as a justification for keeping them there while simultaneously knowing that Blake not only did not kill him, but has like literally saved his soul is so frustrating. Um, Yeah. It straight up sucks, man. Yeah. God. And then Evan comes back because he's like, no, leave, please. Like Evan leave. Yeah. And then Evan goes down the stairs and then he comes up at the top of the stairs, which was so good. I like (laughs) that was going to happen at all. Uh, And then, and I'm like, Oh, Duncan, (laughs) you played yourself um yeah that was pretty funny <laughs> and then i wonder i like it's like i don't know if blake realized in that moment that that would happen because like i didn't and it seems like a thing that blake might realize like well the protagonists are pretty smart um and also existing in the scene where they ran up and down the stairs a whole bunch but he doesn't think about it and i kind of think that like he was literally like no evan please go away i don't want you to get hurt and then evan's like oh i can scream now <laughs> it was so great <laughs> um but yeah I, I think that the Bahames are like, it's like, I think that Duncan is not doing evil in this situation, but also he sucks. Yeah. Um, he straight up sucks, but you know, it just. But, but I do think that like Blake fulfilling the deal with conquest is less 
bad than Blake being Conquest's bitch for all of eternity or whatever. Like, I think that, like, Blake getting out is less evil for the world than Blake staying in jail. Um, but obviously, like, it's like the Bahames can't trust Blake um, because they don't know him and Diablo, so. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. It does. Unrelated to what I was just talking about, I'm curious about if there's something to Blake and Evan and their relationship that was, like, special in some way. Um, so, like, when he's losing it um, and he sees the feathers and he's, like, bleeding out and, like, people in the real world are, like, kind of indistinct like the two things he notes that he can see clearly are rose which makes sense because their connection and then evan which doesn't Mm -hmm. make sense because when blake is speaking evan does not hear him um and like that seemed interesting and i'm and like he's like something about evan being close motivated me um Mm -hmm. and it could be like i want to save evan i want to be there for this child um but it's also like he it seems noteworthy and I'm like, I don't know if we'll yeah. ever actually really figure it out because they're familiars or, you know, they've done the familiar bonded and now it's like we've moved to obviously they have a stu- super connection, but I don't know. Um, oh, and then the other thing about Evan not being an Echo, he lands on the roof of a car with a thud. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is that? <laughs> oh, I hate your face right now. <laughs> How can a ghost land on a thing with a thud? It can't. I mean... There's you, no. You said he's not a normal echo. I know, but ghosts, like souls, don't have corporeal forms that can land on R- things with echoes. Remind, with, with, remind with noises. That that's before that's before the familiar ritual. This still, is before right? the familiar ritual. Yeah. So he like, jumps out of the roof after Blake flies out with his wind room, and he and the whole where Blake's like, "Oh, I'm gonna have to climb over that thing and with the car," and and then but then Evan does it, and he's he lands on it with a thud, and I'm like, "That's not possible." <laughs> 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 um, so like this is again kind of comparing like to the opposite of Evan, but like I don't know if you think about like in Pale when we've seen um some of those echoes um, get really strong when they're feeding off of people. Um, Like the one that like was talking to Verona and end up attacking Verona. It's like, can still get hurt by an echo. Right. Like physically. And obviously Evan's not going to do that. Um, But maybe it's the same, some kind of the same kind of thing ish. If he has more power from being around his body or being around Blake or both, yeah, he takes on more of a like actual physical form. Yeah, or at least can like, that honestly makes physically. sense. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, okay, that that does make sense. I was just like, okay, that's good. How did that? <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> like, what the fuck is happening? And then Hard he's to like, say, man, yeah. Well, and it's also like Blake is not a reliable narrator right now. Obviously, he's like, oh, I see Conquest Tower, and like, bleh. and I'm just like, what is happening? <laughs> What's happening? And like when I see this, I picture Rose standing next to him, and he have, keep having to be like, "That's not what's happening." Like Rose is not standing next to him. Like it's so weird. Um, I feel like yeah. I would very much benefit from an animated version or something of Pact, um, because I think that I picture most of the scenes incorrectly because Rose. <laughs> um, and it's not Wild Bo's fault, obviously, or anything. It's literally just like when two characters are having a conversation, I imagine them next to each other. Like yeah, standing there speaking. Yeah, where it's um, like you have to imagine the reflection. It's right, it's a little harder. Makes sense. Right. Um. But yeah. So then Blake's Blake's staring at the tower, and he's like, "Oh, the spirit world." And I'm like, 
is a spirit world a distinct realm that we haven't heard about yet? Because I feel like it might be like, I feel like Avery sort of mentioned it recently as like a distinct world. And that's cool. And what the fuck is it? Haven't they? Yeah. Like, didn't they go to the spirit world? Like when they were investigating the Carmine stuff? They went to the ruins. Yeah. But I thought they also like went to spirit world. I remember them going to the ruins. I remember them making uh, Alcazar, whatever that thing is. And then they did that twice. Um, yeah. Google. But recently, Avery was like, what do we build shrines in the spirit world? I'm like, what the fuck is the spirit world? Is that the realms? The realms are like the sad spirit world. Like, I think, not the realms, the ruins. I think Rose is talking about the ruins um, at the end of this chapter. Um, or possibly the Warrens, but I was like, he's not going into the Warrens? What the fuck? It's like location diary. I was trying to Google spirit world. Don't do that, just in case there's spoilers <laughs> for anything. But, um, I'm done. Yeah, in 2.7 spoilers, location diary and pale. Um, they do draw the spirit world. It says, locals can't really communicate with us. Most things are very vague, less blurry, plus transparent. Clouds, trees, fungus are hard to distinguish from one another. Um, Mist says everyone's connections and thoughts and ideas about places and things and can it help to make them solid in the spirit world. And then they anchor based on real life locations. Yeah, I remember because they were talking about how they huh. could build shrines in the spirit world to like kind of match up to... Right. Uh, I just... Didn't think they actually had been there. Didn't realize that was another, like, an actual plane or whatever. Mm. Okay. Um, but that's cool and feels like something we're going to get in this story because we haven't gotten it much in Pale, which is how I... Yeah. If you had to pick a realm, I mean, I, I feel like you're probably going to say spirit world because we're talking about this, so this isn't that sneaky. But um, if you had to pick a realm of, like, that... Blake would go to next. What do you think he would do? And then if you say spirit world, pick uh, the second best one as well. Oh yeah, pick your top two, I guess. So I guess the realms that I can think of off the top of my head would be the spirit world, the ruins, the warrens, the abyss, and then like Fey question mark? Wherever Fey fairies land? live. <laughs> Feyland. <Yeah>. Um <laughs> and then the G paths, which he's not gonna go to the paths. I'm almost positive. Um that feels hilarious like a, if that was the first one <laughs> but i would be very wrong um but is it because you think like he needs more knowledge from people to go to the paths or like i'm just curious it's like i don't think wild bow had really fleshed it out right by this point. had either like straight up not thought about it or had not fleshed it out because we spend so much time with them in pale and avery really explores them in a way that i feel like like blake's not gonna be a finder yeah or a path runner and yeah it just doesn't it feels different i don't know so out of those realms that you mentioned do you think he's gonna visit any of them or all of them or none of them um oh like hell might be a dimension <laughs> imagine like blake goes straight to hell yes <laughs> yeah um because I feel like demons don't necessarily live in the abyss, which is the only other place I could think of for them. Um, I mean, Rose seems to be talking about the ruins. I feel like the spirit world, or maybe the ruins. Um, okay. So you're not I could see him hell. getting dragged into a goblin hole. No, I think there's a decent chance we'll go to hell or whatever by the end of the story. But it doesn't feel like the first <laughs> place you're going to go. The first stop. You're going to make the a first couple realm. Others. Just so you're going to get, yeah, ease yourself into hell. Right. That's very nice. So, well, I mean, you think Blake's going to ease into anything, though? That man. <laughs> I think he's not. I think he doesn't want to be like this. He just. What <laughs> choice does he have? <laughs> um, 
So Spirit World and what was the other one you said? Sorry. Maybe the ruins. Okay. Any reason for that in particular or just like that's just your vibes you're getting? Um, I mean, it It seems like Blake is currently like partway-ish into the spirit world right now. Okay. Um, And at the end of this, Rose is talking about the ruins. Um, almost positive. Um, yeah. Do you actually think that hell is another one or are you just kind of like saying because that's where you kind of, your mind goes to when you think of demons? Um, I don't know if it's called hell. But I think that God, I feel like I don't know about enough about the abyss. But they don't talk about in pale when they mention abyssal things. They're not. I don't think they're talking about demons. Um, that seems separate and worse. <laughs> um, okay. So I think that there is somewhere where demons exist, and I think that there's somewhere where angels exist. Um, and that's they're not necessarily heaven and hell. What? Is, so like, what is? This is like not coming from a place where I'm saying like I think any differently than you, but you know I have to be stuff. Um, but like, what is like based on pale? Um, what's your view of like what the abyss is like or abyssal things? So it's like so we haven't really seen that the, much. I don't think, right? No, there was the beast that came into Kennet that they were fighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was part abyssal, I think. And then mm-hmm. there's the Edith's lantern that she gets from the people at the edge of the pit mm-hmm. um and then does reed get himself abyssalified that's before? i think that's, they were kind of saying that yeah whatever that means um <clears throat> i picture like yeah like darkness and uh pits and oh was the one i don't remember his name one of the contestants the the dad who was like living inside of in the cage inside of his son oh yeah was that abyssal? I think so. Yeah, I get like I think black and purple vibes from the abyss. Whereas like hell, I get like red and orange, and red and brown orange vibes. Um, and if you go to the Warrens, you just get like brown, just brown, <laughs> and yeah, and, and black and, and like gr- gross green. Yeah, the because like to me, demons like do you think, think it of, depends like, on the, the, the type- mummy thing? What if there's like different demons depending on like which realm you're at uh i feel like my mind broke a little bit i mean i guess the abyss <laughs> could have a lot of different sections so there could be the abyss parts that are like more tame and the abyss parts that are like well okay so like there was the guy in the cage with his abyss son mm-hmm. and then there was like the tiny little piece of whatever that was in the familiar of the one girl who like had to be put down and that was demonic and so like demonic just seems on like an incredibly like higher yeah magnitude mm-hmm. than the abyss although it took i mean it did take like all of them to defeat that one abyssal thingy but that was still an entire creature as opposed to a tiny little piece of a thing inside of another thing so spirit world and ruins okay why not or do you think warrens would be close after that or not really i mean i could see like him and maggie are up to shenanigans and they need an escape and like kind of go through the warrens or like accidentally wind up there mm-hmm. um so that could totally be a factor in things that are happening, but I don't see it as like a, like if they go to the spirit world, I mean, either Blake will wind up there because he's stripped himself of his self and has totally fucked up, um, or it'll be more of an intentional thing. Like with the ruins, I feel like going to one of those places would be more of a choice, whereas the Warrens would be like, oh, fuck, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you for indulging me. I was curious what your thoughts were. Sure. <laughs> Again, anything I've said does not necessarily reflect how this book actually goes. <laughs> it just made me just keep that in mind. So try not to use that to 
Unless you want to use it to further your uh, bold and specific predictions, because that could be entertaining. But <laughs> all right. So Evan leads Blake and Rose, Rose to his body. Um, Evan and Blake do the familiar ritual. Ritual. I can't speak. With the help of Rose, who holds up a book for them to read from. Yeah, I totally thought he was going in for June when Rose was like, oh, we're going back for June. And he's like, oh, maybe that too. And I was like, what? Like, um, I didn't realize. I mean, because he'd asked Evan, but I... And, it, and like it makes total sense that like Evan can't really get far away from his body, um, and they they need to do this now. But I just like didn't expect it, um, so that was really exciting. Um, and I was really impressed that Rose realizes what Blake wants to do before he even says it, and she's like, "He's a child," um, or whatever. But then she goes on with it or something. I don't know. Um, and their so their little argument where. He's like, I'm not really myself right now, Rose. And she's like, is this Blake Thorburn with all the flesh and mortal warmth bled away? And I'm like, maybe I guess. Because like, if I was me with all the flesh and mortal warmth bled away, I don't think I'd necessarily be like myself. You know? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, is this Blake Thorburn? But like, without any of the traits that make him a good person? Like, sure. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> fuck you, man. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, if you take away all the good things about someone and just leave a bunch of shitty things, sure, they're a shitty person. Like, what do you say? Fuck like, <laughs> off, Rose. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it is, like, it seems like Duncan later not being completely, totally gainsaid because he's, like, a like part of you left but not fully. Like, the spirits are confused kind of a thing um, mm. was really interesting. And so, no, Rose, I don't think, like, I think that Blake is not fully himself right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, and then I felt what, by, sorry, but by the way, just like on another thing of like, damn it, Rose, what the fuck are you saying? Um, <laughs> earlier in this, like earlier in, um, actually, yeah, I think, I think it's coming. I take it back. It's not earlier on. I think it might be coming on. Um, so maybe I'm saying this too early, actually. No, but go for it. I'll, I'll go for it. Um, like I think when Blake gets like caught again or something or, um, when like, uh, yeah, like Evan ends up flying back to to Blake after um, stealing Duncan's shit or, or something, and the cops kind of look at the bird, and um, you know Blake's like, "I collect birds," you know, and then later on, <laughs> which is kind of hilarious, by the way. It's so then, like awkward. But then like Rose is like, "Do you actually collect words, or was that a lie?" And I was like. What if he hadn't been fucking collecting birds? You're gonna fucking drain his power. You're gonna Bro, really like, call him on that shit. Him. Like, you're what fucking are you doing? idiot. <laughs> like you're supposed to be the smart one. He's the one who <laughs> lost all the fucking blood. Why are you gonna gainsay him? Like that's stupid as fuck. Anyway, that's right. my. I just had to say that. It's kind of yeah. No, that was that, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. That was obnoxious. God damn it, Rose. Okay. Um. But yeah, then Evan finally speaks the words that I have been waiting for the story to fucking say. <laughs> Where Blake's like, yeah, be my familiar. And Evan's like, why not that girl? And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> like, thank you someone for actually addressing this in this story. Um, <laughs> again, I'm not like, uh, like he totally should have picked Rose. Like, I think this is a much better decision. I get it. I'm very happy. But I wanted this to be addressed <laughs> mm-hmm. as like, hi, this was an option. <laughs> like, um, and I got, and then he's like, oh, I don't know. It doesn't feel right. And I'm like, she's right there. This is really awkward. And like, I don't, I don't think she'd like it yeah. being his familiar, but I don't know. It just like, it's so harsh that it doesn't feel right. Like that just feels sad. Um, yeah. 
I mean, I don't know if he's really has enough in him to be filled with tact right now, you know? Yeah. I feel like that was I mean, probably yeah, he wasn't like, like, oh, we fucking hate each other or whatever. But like, <laughs> it's probably a couple pints of blood ago, you know? <laughs> uh, it just, yeah, felt hard. That's fair. Um. Oh my God. And then when, like, I mean, I guess I don't remember exactly how old Evan is, if he's like eight or 10 or whatever, but she's like, can you read? And I was like, but she can read. And then, like, not only can he read, he can read backwards. Like, that's impressive. That's impressive. Like, that's impressive. Lay off. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I guess we could talk about the ritual itself. Sure. Um, I thought it was really, I mean, just picturing it, it's like you're in a morgue almost. Like, you're in a medical examiner's office, and there's like the corpse of a young child who has been autopsied. And you've opened it up and you're standing there next to him, but you're not looking at it or like you're like facing a reflective surface, standing next to a small child who's also facing that reflective surface, reading from a book backwards that this woman is holding up. Like, it's absolutely bonkers. Oh, and there's a and then he draws a circle in hand soap, which was really fucking great. Um, I I didn't go back to check all the like different types of circles um that you can draw with the familiar ritual. I mean, I remember that Avery and Snowdrop didn't draw a diagram and this one doesn't seem entirely insidious but it is just evan in a circle and not blake as well um and i'm worried that that's gonna fuck them up somehow but honestly like no one's gonna live long enough for this to matter so (laughs) that's the spirit whatever (laughs) it's just like they're all going to hell (sighs) evan better not go to hell i'm gonna be so mad i'll be so mad (laughs) um but it's just another example of like how disadvantaged Blake and Rose are from not having someone to help them. Um, they're doing the best that they can, but they don't have, you know, they don't they don't have the help or the knowledge to be able to make educated, informed decisions. Um, to yeah. be able to say, this is the type of diagram I want and this is why. Um, these are the type of words I want to say and this is why. It's just sort of I mean, like, Blake does choose things in this. He does improvise a little bit, which is nice. Um but it, and yeah, again, it doesn't seem like there was anything really nefarious going on in here. It felt like a fairly equitable relationship that they were drawing, but it mm-hmm. was weird after seeing Avery and Snowdrop. Um, yeah. And how planned and thought out and how much they understood about what was happening. Um, you also, you could argue it though, in a lot of ways, it was kind of similar to Avery and Snowdrop, probably compared to a lot of other, like most other familiar rituals mm-hmm. in terms of like more of a partnership i think yeah you know? yeah and and a, and a friendship um yes and a friendship so blake says thing. i i give you evan my friendship and i was like <laughs> so cute like they have a really they have strong relationships and they're cementing those um and yeah it's it was relatively simple the promises seemed fairly good and straightforward but um I just wonder, like, I'm, like, nervous that this will somehow fuck something up because they weren't able to make informed decisions. Yeah. That's possible. Um, yeah. Um, the the part where they're, like, maybe in the spirit world or, like, something is happening where, like, <clears throat> there's the two halves where, like, Blake's side is, like, it's snowing and and there's streetlights. Or, no, sorry. Blake's side, it's raining and there's streetlights. And then Evan's side, it's snowing and there's, like, trees. And it's, like definitions of who they are blake is a homeless youth and evan like it's like it's like them in 
possibly the worst situation of their lives, which I find really interesting, but mm-hmm. also seemed fairly definitional for those characters. Um, and I don't really understand why that wasn't what was happening. The the darkness, the precipitation, um, being outdoors, um, and being cold were really fascinating. Um, I liked that those parallels were there, mm-hmm. um, but I was like, what is happening? <laughs> uh, but it was nice. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And then I guess the last thing about the ritual is they don't talk about his animal form. Um, like Snowdrop was going to become a possum. So that just like wasn't discussed. Um, but Blake, like they don't talk about it. It's never like spoken as part of the ritual. But like the letter or whatever was explicitly like, don't let your familiar become a dog or a rat. Um, yeah. And so you think like, because I could see like, um, I could see Evan becoming a dog as a familiar um he's mm-hmm. like super cute super loyal um young um he's the, the one, two of the things he promises at the end are like to offer protection and to find things like dog like going out and smelling and finding things and bringing it back and also like guarding like protection like i was like very much like these give me like cute fun dog energy and it's surprising to me that like they didn't talk about it and it's just like i am bird and it's like is that just because blake is so much of a bird does evan like birds did we talk about this like um <clears throat> i wouldn't be surprised if a lot of it was just like blake um but also like bird flying freedom away from being and like escape yeah previously running in the freezing ground trying to climb trees and stuff sure yeah yeah, yeah. um and yeah i mean it, it like makes sense mm-hmm. but it's there was no discussion, and that was surprising. Um, and then um, at the end, when Evan like looks at Rose before he officially says the thing, that was interesting. I'm like, did you want to make sure that Rose was definitely cool with it? Um, is she still the like powerhouse in this trio relationship thing now? Um, as the voice of the practitioner or whatever, um, it was interesting. And like, I think a good thing, but I don't know. Random question for you, because um, <laughs> you were talking about earlier um about i guess like evan consenting to this ritual and i was kind of curious like i guess about consent um like the ability to to consent um in medicine at least like you have to try to look for like your patients ano times four um so alert to um basically i have to ask them like do you know what your name is and what your birthday are so like who you are Mm -hmm. um what day it is um where you are like so the situation and usually ask him like do you know who the president is or do you know something like that to kind of figure out what the hell is um just make sure that like they're in the right frame of mind um sure so is it so yeah alert and oriented to person place time and situation essentially um so that's pretty common in the medical field um and if they're not a no times four then um they're not they able to consent for themselves you have to have someone else consent for um but I don't know how long that's been around for in terms of legality. Um, Cause I'm, I know like spirits and everything like that. Um, if that had been around for like a really, really long time, then maybe that would be more important for like mm-hmm. consenting for rituals or anything. But like, what do you think is important? Um, I mean, do you think that there are others that like <clears throat> are not able to consent to one of these rituals? I mean, I think there's probably a lot of coercion. Um, and I think that the spirits would not care um mm. coercion wouldn't be a defense i don't think yeah um i i don't know in some ways i wonder if cherry pop can consent um 
Like to certain things, maybe, mm. but she can't. She doesn't. She isn't able to conceptualize how long it's been since she last saw Snowdrop. Um, which seems like well, a problem. I mean, you can but, still be really, really stupid and be able to consent, right? Um, but just in a like, I don't know if Cherry Pop would understand what she was agreeing to. Um, which I think That's is fair. an important part of being able to consent. Um, mm-hmm. hopefully you would. Yeah, and it. I think that June really did consent. Um, even though she's not very substantial. Um, mm-hmm. she's the manifestation of a, an emotionally powerful moment. Um, so she has trouble both with expressing consent and possibly actually being able to, but she, she, she was able to, I feel like most others, like I'm, I'm having a hard time imagining an other that isn't sentient. Um, I don't know. That'd be hard to think on. Yeah. Be hard to think about. Um, okay. Yeah. I was just curious on your thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, I think it's a really good thing to do and I think that, yeah, it's important and tricky, but I don't know. (laughs) That's fair. All right, next part. So they finish the, the ritual and they try to escape again. Evan flies out of a window, but Blake is caught by Duncan, who gets other officers to capture Blake and lead him to a cell. Blake signals to Rose to activate June, causing Duncan to drop his jacket. Evan flies back in after Rose convinces him that he is still alive and helps Blake uncover some incremental. Um, I thought it was funny that Duncan didn't know what they did. Because, um, like, Evan flew out the window before Duncan came, so he has no idea, like, what yeah happened he just knows yeah. something powerful is happening and i think it's you know nice that blake is kind of like yeah like i was helping him move on or whatever and i liked that as a part of the ritual i guess and evan mm-hmm. did agree to it but the whole like okay when when i die you have to go you have to move on um mm-hmm. i liked that i think um but yeah the whole I mean, I need this reminder, Wild Bow, so thank you. Like, I need the whole, like, yeah, Blake, you're draining yourself of yourself, and that means that things are going to come inside you. Like, even though I've read this with Nicolette, and even though, like, we've already talked about this with Blake, it is nice to have, like, that reminder. But he seems really surprised (laughs) by this concept, even though he's been worried about his, like, pale skin and what am i filling myself with for like arcs now and so i was a little surprised mm-hmm. i mean i guess he's kind of out of it but i was just like yeah blake <laughs> you knew you knew this would happen and i'm like you know what's in him is it already in there are we already fucked like so interesting mm-hmm. um and i was thinking if duncan turned back time would that undo the familiar ritual um because the blake remembered everything that happened and duncan remembered everything that happened Evan didn't? I don't... F- Maybe he did. I don't mm. remember. The... That's a good question. I don't know if the he would... Uh, people outside I, didn't. The Knights of the... Whatever. I don't think did. Um, yeah. But I think the spirits would remember. I don't, they might. Yeah. Um, and this part was just sort of interesting. <laughs> um, with the, like... It seems like Blake was getting more lucid, but I don't understand how that was happening unless I guess he's being filled up with other stuff. Um, but he's also not lucid enough to understand that all these people think that he's an addict and like in withdrawals. <laughs> um, but also he's like, I need the door to be open because of Evan, I think. But then he also, uh, maybe that was just it, where he was like, I want, I need cold air so that the door, I need the door to be open so that Evan can come back. Um but he was like, oh, yeah, activating June. Good idea. And I was like, what are you talking about? Anyway. Um, well, I think, like, also may have given, like, a good excuse, like, for the cold to come in if the doors were open. But Oh, protect some of the innocence or whatever. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Um, God. And then, and then, so there was deranged Duncan with, like, 
the spray paint on the bulletin board or whatever with a diagram and that was great and then he's just like no i'm just gonna fucking shoot you and like i just and everyone's like whoa like <laughs> i don't know it was just great um <laughs> god and the i collect birds i was like blake just shut up like please Blake, shut up. <laughs> just don't talk just don't, just don't I mean, say anything else I know why he said it though, because otherwise it's kind of weird for like this crazy ass attic guy to just have like a bird fly up and land on his shoulder like Snow White, you know? Because at least if he's like, yeah, I collect birds, like alluding that he trains them or something, it's not just, it's a little bit less of a what the fuck. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I just whatever. Like he's not going to think that carefully about it right now. He's losing his damn mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's really funny. <laughs> All right, our next part. Um, Evan has stolen something important from Duncan, who cannot turn back time again. Blake's three-beat victory means that he is let go with promises to return tomorrow to the police station. Before he does, he needs to capture an abstract demon and deal with a freed imp. God. And then, so yeah, so it, like the the hair is gone from the locket, his glamour, but like... What a bummer, right? I'm just... Uh, but then there's some sort of black crust in the locker, and I'm like, is that supposed to be hope? Like... Is that kind supposed of to be glamour? Disgusting residue. Unclear. Um, I also did he ever get did he get his stuff back? Did he get June back? I like don't actually know. Cause like Evan brings him one of those charms, um, which means he can't turn back time again or whatever. But did he get all of his shit back um from the police? It doesn't really say that he did, but also I don't know. I mean I hope so. I think he did. It seems Pretty like sure he, he should have. Um, but mm. Um, I also can't believe that Blake was like, if you let me go, I'll come back tomorrow. Like in exchange for my complete and total cooperation. I was like, Blake, you can't completely and totally cooperate. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> you you can't unless you want to assume responsibility for the loss of innocence of whoever the fuck you're talking to. You can't cooperate totally. I just, uh, this man. I mean, yeah, again, he's just not thinking super clearly. So, um, but yeah, good point. <laughs> Oh my god, and then at the end, she tries to gainsay him again, Rose, where um, oh no, this is the opposite. Blake tries to gainsay Rose, where um, Ro- he, Blake's like, oh, the forest was real hard, and she's like, I can imagine or no, or the, the splinter is really scary, and she's like, I can imagine and he's like, I'm not sure you can. And I'm like, bitch, just stop fucking one-upping each other. Stop doing that to each other. It's, your life's are- Yeah, it's like your <sighs> life's fucking hard enough, you already don't have power stop doing that shit. Just stop let it. her have, just let her have it just god yeah um yeah so the the end of this chapter i was like i'm trying to remember the other thing that was like oh fuck um oh it's like one i hope his friends don't hate him and that's really upsetting like joel was already concerned about him and i think joel might be able to be like yeah my friend snapped and murdered a child and that's really sad (laughs) thing two was like fuck i forgot about pose i totally forgot i totally forgot that poos and then thing three poos totally forgot And then thing three was like, oh my god, you have less than six hours to get the splitter. <laughs> ah! <laughs> yeah. Um, <coughs> ah, it's gonna go great. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Um, I mean, that would be shocking if it did, though, right? If it was like, it went really, really well. <laughs> everything snapped into place. Like, that'd be cool. Yeah. He needs I'll a little victory sometimes. Just- Oh, yeah, he definitely does. He um, got out of the police station. He did. That means something, right? <laughs> it means something. It's got to mean something. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yep. That was, like, yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. I just want to keep reading real bad. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting there. 
Ooh. We're getting real close. Almost there, Malia. Let's see here. All right. Um, that's that. That was a really long pause. Um, I don't know why I paused that long, but I was trying to be dramatic. Um, so we are going to talk about our pale in comparison section. Um, familiar Ooh. rituals. So uh, we kind of talked about that a little bit, but mm-hmm. yeah, the evidence snowdrop. Um, very different, but also um, pretty very similar. Same. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's like obviously Avery and Snowdrop had a lot more time to plan. Mm-hmm. Um, so they didn't really do anything super fancy. Um, but it was a bond and friendship. We're just like Blake and Evans, bond and friendship, but are very rushed bond and friendship. Um, in front of a dead body. But you know, like whereas yeah, it just yeah, even if you just look at like the locations, like it's the really super funny. cool path with like all their friends. And just right, surrounded by, by like and exactly just like community you support cute outfits <laughs> that you exactly, yeah. out. You got to accessorize <laughs> and like it's just amazing, heartfelt. On the other hand, bleeding to death, running for your life <laughs> in this weird ass police station with a dead body. Um, <laughs> uh, and you're trying like- to sister sort of who like is totally disapproving of the whole situation like (laughs) yeah and definitely no friends anywhere nearby um seeing your familiar look like their neck snapped like immediately afterwards which is great i mean Um, literally his neck snapped it was horrible yeah i was like i didn't even want to talk about it i was like that is a child (laughs) you know it's a child it's a child you're you're just horrible you're horrible and you know this child died terribly and you just killed him again even though you didn't die but you tried to so fuck your face yep yeah it's pretty jacked whereas you know snowdrop get all the goblins and all the (laughs) lost and it's heartwarming and now you know it's like this is so nice and this cool train thing like station you know it's just it's so it's so good it's so nice everyone's happy yeah i I do feel like there are a lot of parallels just between them as characters i mean they're both children they're both um you know adorable and small and have like seemingly unconditional love for the person they end up bonding with um Mm -hmm. they both i mean like they both did a lot to save their person from harm slash death when they first met um Evan reminds Blake a lot of himself and Snowdrop is literally a part of Avery. Um, And I guess we don't know if he likes sleeping all the time and he doesn't currently have the fun t-shirt power. Um, But that's true. I don't know. Yeah. Something about their friendship and their. What kind of, I mean, do you think he's going to be able to change his bird form or is he stuck to one type of bird form? Um, I sort of figured that familiars stayed the way they they are like, okay when they do the thing sure it seems kind of like a bummer but i don't know i feel like if you're like now you're a hawk now you're an ostrich now you're whatever it like feels little key do you think like you could just hypothetically right so like if you were a practitioner and you found some super cool like spirit or whatever to be your familiar do you think if you convinced it somehow to like take the form of a ditto <laughs> would it be able to turn into anything or you think it would just be a ditto blob um see that's a really interesting question does the animal shape of the familiar 
Well, like one, why did they even have an animal shape? What even is up with that? Why do they have to have that? And then two, does it have to be an animal that exists in real life? That's because true. if not, why not a Pokemon? <laughs> why not a Pokemon? <laughs> exactly. And I mean, honestly, even if it does technically have to be, it's like, if you're a ditto and can turn into anything, because like if it's supposed to be protecting innocence, a ditto could turn into anything. So you could have it turn into a cat. You could have it turn into a three-year-old that you could say you're babysitting, you know? You could have it turn into a parakeet or an ostrich. Well, it, like or an it emu. just occurred to me that like when Evan turns into not bird form, he might not like I was like, oh, he's just gonna turn back into like a normal child that people can see and interact with, but maybe he doesn't. Maybe he turns back into like ghost Evan. Um I feel like a ditto familiar is too OP. Although maybe if you have a familiar that inherently is some sort of shapeshifter, that would be acceptable. That's true. But then like, could you be like, if you pick a, a familiar that turns like an octopus where like they could still like, you know, blend in with their surroundings. They could octopus still like familiar hide. would be cool. That'd be pretty sweet. I thought of a discussion question. I don't, it's awesome. kind of maybe lame, but yeah. Hashtag no judgment. <laughs> okay. Um, Slash, I don't remember if you've already asked it, but no, who knows? Maybe it's a good one to do again or yeah. whatever. If you got a, if you had a Pokemon familiar <laughs> that was a ditto, I, I feel like that could be a discussion question too. Which Pokemon would you like shape? Would you, if you had to choose one, like what Pokemon would your familiar like take shape as? That's a pretty good one. And could it do attacks? And would it like? Would you have to call and out which like four attacks? We didn't know. Yes. <laughs> Or abilities. Like, June. Ice blast. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like Rose practically has to do that with June, so pretty much, yeah. What Pokemon would June be? Is there so like first obvious like you know thing would be like, well, obviously something ice related or ice frozen one. related, right? Yeah. But knowing Pokemon, and I'm not like super versed these days, there's probably an axe Pokemon. Honestly. Yeah. Is there an axe Pokemon? I don't know, but there's like a washing machine one and like an ice cream one. Um, there's Axu, probably not pronouncing that right. A X E W. That does not look like an axe. Um, (gasps) there's a Pokemon called Cleaver. Cleaver, and it's like a bird-looking thing, and it's it has arms, and they are axes. (laughs) What? Um, but it's a bug rock Pokemon. So if you could get an ice cleaver. An ice cleaver. Maybe that one. That's possible. Or do you think it would be a fire axe except an ice axe? What kind of, do you think she, what kind of ice Pokemon would June be? Is she going to be the ice cream? Probably not. No. Fuck no. (laughs) No. I don't think so. She's not that happy. (laughs) She's not that happy. That's true. Um, Let's see. I'm just going to say probably not something super like cute and silly, right? Um, They've got one called Smoochum. That's not it. What? <laughs> it's apparently an ice psychic Pokemon. Maybe that's like, is that like the one that Jinx, it evolves into Jinx. That's hilarious. Uh, okay. I feel like after watching Arcane, Jinx is giving me different vibes altogether. Yeah, um, I was like, ooh, and I was like, oh. <laughs> like, yeah, not not that Jinx. Um, um, there's one called Ice Q. It's a penguin Pokemon, but its head ice is Q. a ice cube. <laughs> ice cube. Oh, it's a penguin it's a penguin it's e-i-s-c-u-e oh, wow it's really cute <laughs> did they have a shave ice snow like po- pokemon that's like oh, the yeah, next yeah. maybe the alien do. form of the ice cream one mm. we're just like a lot of these are a- aeol aeol and aeol 
fuck, I'm sorry at everyone, um, forms of like the Alolan sand shrew is, I've never said it out loud. The Alola, the, they, the Hawaii Pokemon are different. Ah, yes. Okay. What? Sorry. I'm looking at this ice cue. The, the penguin with cute. the ice block on his head. It has an ability called Ice Face. <laughs> <laughs> That's the signature ability of Ice Cube. Oh, I need it. And Which gen is this? I need to play this game. It <laughs> is. Gen 8. Yes. Fuck. So What game was that? I don't know. But Oh, so. Pokemon Shield! Okay, I'm going to play it. Oh, oh shoot. I have that too, actually. I haven't found it. <laughs> All right. Well, when it's... And when an ice cube that's in its ice face form <laughs> is hit by a physical move, it takes no damage and changes into its noise face. No! Spelled like N-O-I-C-E. God. So I guess Pokemon no ice, people, but like They just don't fucking care. Face. <laughs> ice face to noise face. Oh my, they literally care. <laughs> they don't. They're like, we're going to get money from this. And um, <laughs> it's hilarious. Oh my God. Um, Smoochum. Yeah, I'm like, really? Uh, I like Frostlass. Um, maybe she'd be Frostlass. Fro oh, because that's a ghost. It has to be an ice ghost. That's a good point, actually. Is that the only ice ghost? That's all I can see on the Wikipedia thing. Ice ghost. That might be it. You might have called it. Maybe we found her. You found her. Frostlass. Frostlass. Um, evolves from a female Snorunt when exposed to a Dawnstone. Um, looking very coy in this the uh, random bulbopedia picture which is hilarious she does have her arm like hmm. yeah like up by her mouth like ah um which is just special um does she have ice face i don't think so <laughs> or noise face she has noise, noise face, face. <laughs> noise. noise it's like the yeah it's like the i don't know it reminds me of like a surfer bro Noise. It reminds me of Jake Peralta from Brooklyn Nine Nine. I you should see yeah. that if you haven't. I haven't seen much of it, but from what little I have, yes. Yeah, I haven't finished it. It's on my list. It's such a good show. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I'm haven't seen that much of it, but it, I do love it. It's hilarious. All right. Well, that kind of went off the rails. Right back to the um, show, <laughs> like it normally does. So you guys were kind of getting worried, I know, because you're like, this has been too too straight on for too long. So. <laughs> Yeah, we were pretty you know. good this episode. The I feel like what would be the pale in comparison bingo? It'd be like it, Disney Story, Pokemon, Christmas, Malia dying laughing Christmas, um, a nurse story, a law a fact, <laughs> some kind of <clears throat> mom story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A top like it. a child story for me. Talking about my kids. Um, yeah. yeah. Malia Directly asking Wild Bo for a personal favor. <laughs> <laughs> and him rightfully ignoring. <laughs> Doesn't stop us from trying. Uh, and then the whole, like, we were talking about pickles, and then one of the next up uh, chapters he writes specifically Look, mentions deep fried pickles. I know. I was like, okay, I know that he secretly, I know he secretly was inspired. I mean, I know he he's not ever going to admit it. At least subconsciously. Subconsciously. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, I almost wrote that on Discord, but then I was like, <laughs> you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to let it lie. I'm just going to know it in my heart. And I'm glad that you noticed that, Malia, because yeah, that's, 
precisely what I thought. I was like, deep fried pickles. Um, <laughs> well, I noticed it and I was like, huh, weird. And then someone in the um, Discord was like, haha, is this their first definite influence on the story? And I don't know that it was a definite influence, but it was pretty funny. I feel like there's another time where we may have had an influence on the story that was mentioned in Discord. Um, but I don't remember yeah. what it was. There was a splitter was? thing, but Wild Bo explicitly said that was that not. was not true. <laughs> <laughs> oh well and I, I, th- I think there might have been one other thing but i don't remember okay i mean like yeah i mean i, I get that it's probably not because that's probably giving ourselves a lot more credit <laughs> than we deserve but um we'll take it's it fun to think about we'll ta- I'm gonna take it <laughs> i'm gonna be happy and imagine that the pickle thing you know because i'm like do we i don't know if we talked about deep fried pickles i mean i like deep fried pickles i don't think but they're gonna they're be too much they're good, but like I can only eat like a couple of them, and so I'm mm-hmm. like, it feels like a waste unless you have a ton of people that you're eating with, because I can really only maybe eat like three or four, like of the little pickle sl- bits, because they're just so like salty and briny. It's right. too much, almost, you know. Well, I was surprised when Avery was like, I because I don't think she was explicitly eating at that place Sheridan likes, because that would make sense, but she was like. I had cheesy poutine and deep fried pickles. And I'm like, that's a lot. Like, that's a lot of heavy food for you to just casually eat and then talk shit to Sheridan about the things that she likes eating. Like, I'm like, (laughs) is what Sheridan eats actually that ridiculous? Or did you go to the same place? Because, yeah, man, maybe Thunder Bay is starting to rub off. I don't know (laughs) on her. uh, But she's she's exercising a lot still. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's Uh, fun thinking of vegetarian fast food though because i feel like it is really hard for um it's really hard to find vegetarian fast food options so that was a fun little that's example fair. yeah of something that sounded pretty yummy it does it just is like holy holy brine you know <laughs> i don't know just holy brine holy brine <laughs> <coughs> killing okay. malia slowly killing me softly one day i'm not gonna song. be sick y'all it's gonna be amazing okay hopefully it will happen before Christmas, and then you can sing your Christmas carols and uh, go in Atlanta and go with you know with Ben door to door, just knocking and singing Christmas carols to just random people in Atlanta. Um, so his aunt actually holds a caroling party every year. Oh, does she um, really? I was kidding. Yeah, That's a couple hilarious. a couple days before Christmas, and like I'm really excited about it. And so we're leaving monday to drive there like so that we can make it to this party because i'm pretty sure like maybe we wouldn't go until closer to christmas because you know we want to relax and we want to take clean our apartment which is horrible um but it's like nope we gotta go because we gotta get to this caroling party i'm very excited so what does that consist of just like get standing around a piano that's uh, like- what i'm envisioning it's like there will be some sort of alcohol and maybe some like cookies or hors d'oeuvres or something and we will all stand around a piano and sing <laughs> while someone plays it i have no idea <laughs> do you think they go to door to door after to share the cheer or oh God, no not at all uh, i didn't think so but i don't know okay Hopefully i remember not. i'll update y'all have you ever gone door to door for stuff i mean like we would drive around in the minivan and crank up the music and sing real loud <laughs> With mom, but I don't remember. That's like true. we didn't. I think we might have around gone doing it. We might have for, done for like Girl Scouts or something once in Holly Makua, I think. Yeah, it's like an old yeah. folks' home. Just to yeah, I remember that. I think that yeah, with church or something. 
church or Girl Scouts, one of those. I don't remember. Yeah. But yeah. But I don't remember walking like literally door to door in a neighborhood and doing it. Serena and I, uh, when we were doing like some sort, we were doing like bell ringing for Salvation Army before I knew that they were like transphobic. They're transphobic? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, Wait, how's, I, I need to know more about this. What? Uh, this they like, like TLDR. Um, I want to get my facts right. Fair enough. I guess this is something I could Google, but you know, I'm just like, I did not realize that they were transphobic. I think so. they've like do things that help queer people sort of, but also have a long history of being transphobic. Um, I found this article on Vox that's like, they're trying to be better. And yet um, uh, they like refuse to comply with San Francisco's laws regarding same sex domestic partners in the 90s. And um, they tried to strike a deal in 2001 that would have allowed religious charities to um, discriminate against gay people, even though they received federal funding. Um, hmm. I feel like there's specific trans stuff, but... Um, it's not in that article, exactly. Right. Huh. Well, <clears throat> hopefully they start trying to be actually better, because that, yeah, that doesn't sound very good. Yeah, I just th- I think I remember them hmm. not helping or housing. Or like hearing about them not being good with that, but that's lousy. Um, caroling was fun and bell ringing was fun, even if I, was, I had a thought and then I froze. My brain froze. <laughs> it happens sometimes. Um, now I need to. I want to give Vitalis and the kids eventually when they're actually old enough to do it into caroling more. So Vitalis is not like a muse. Well, he. I mean, yeah, he's just not much of a singer or mu- musical guy. Um, whereas I totally am for it. You know. Um. Miko does have a big cowbell that he like <gasps> loves to Perfect. ring. So that could be it, you know. She's got to get him on beat. Like, that's right. Like, jingle bells. Go <laughs> make out. He's like, you know. Oh, man. All right. It is time, finally, for Malia's bold and specific prediction. So I thought of one this time, y'all. And it's like, I'm not sure how much. I definitely believe it. Like, I'm not super convinced. Um, I also feel like there's a chance that I will slash have made the exact opposite prediction at some point. Um, But my bold and specific prediction is that Blake is going to die by the end of the story. Hmm. Um, Okay. I think that the promise that Evan made about moving on is a really big one. And it feels like we're going to see... The consequences of that like we're going to see that come to fruition i think um because that is a central struggle that evan is dealing with and he seems to be a very important character and so it makes sense to me that we will see that by the time the story ends and maybe it'll be some sort of like dramatic flash forward but like dies peacefully with evan on his shoulder um while he's like cryptically giving his grandchildren the house or whatever the fuck but i don't really think so so <laughs> that is my prediction Can you imagine like the same scene like is like grandma rose except like with the cat still having the cereal for some reason because you need the fruity There's cereal fruity cereal downstairs he's sitting he has the burn on his shoulder he has this like shit-eating little smirk on his face his whole family's like freaking the fuck out and he's just like hey, hey, and he just fucking dies like <laughs> <laughs> uh, so good so good and roses for some reason there as well Maybe the two of them sitting next to each other, like, hey. <laughs> Do you think Rose, if she's still there, would have aged? So she's going to be like this old ass woman in the mirror, or she's going to be the same, like, 
useful. I still think Rose is going to get out. Um, okay. Gotcha. And I think time will affect almost so. Okay. Um, do you think that he's <clears throat> going to die close to the end of the book or the middle of the book or the next chapter you read? <laughs> um, no, I guess I'm thinking like it'll be the end of the book. Um, okay. The I mean, I've been listening to a lot of Dimension 20 lately. And so the whole like, oh, yeah, you can die. You just come back to life. It's whatever. Um, like, I, d- I don't see us switching protagonists in the middle of the story or something. Um, I think we're going to follow Blake to the end. And I think he's going to die. And I'm sad. How do you think he's going to die? I know you said of old age. but Oh, no, no, no. I don't actually think he's going to die of old age. <laughs> I know. That was a, you know, I mean, oh, like thinking. sacrificing himself to prevent some sort of demon um from destroying things do you think there's any chance he will join the lawyers i mean like there's a chance but like no okay um i think there's also a chance he could be like kind of shitty by the end but i'm Mm. not sure um okay all right we're gonna go over our previous discussion question so um from last week the discussion question was what day would be your worst time loop or best time loop We've got two answers, which are both lovely. Um, first one, Captain Rhino. Um, they're saying the worst time loop would probably be when they're having an exam, especially Ugh. if it's a subject that they hate but need a good grade in. Um, so they're saying, what happens if this loop is the final one and I fail the exam because I bunked off to do something else rather than do the same test the thousandth time? It's like the one time you fucked off to go see a movie or whatever then that was the time that the fucking loop ended <laughs> that would yeah suck. that would suck that would suck although although ma- oh go ahead i was gonna say yeah i probably possibly what you were about to say that like knowing exactly what's on the exam would help it not be stressful anymore and maybe you could just yeah. write it real fast and leave <laughs> yeah that's what i was thinking you can maybe just like get through it real quick yeah eventually <laughs> Hell, the- yeah no that's true um and then Maisie One says that their best loop would be getting to relive a day where they can do whatever they want, um, which sounds really lovely because um, they could like pick different things. You know, um, mm-hmm. the worst thing about it would be that they couldn't save their video game progress day by day, um, but they could read a whole bunch of books, um, maybe like when they were vacationing in Rome or something and just like do a bunch of cool shit, which, yeah, that's a great idea. Um, honestly. Yeah. Um, That'd be pretty fun, Malia, if like we could go back to like when we were vacationing together, like in, in Europe. We got be to fun. be super exciting and do that because that was really, really fun. Um, oh my God. And every day, I guess you'd have to worry about the loop ending, but every day you could just like blow all your money and eat the raclette instead of eating the <laughs> um, convenience store bread and Nutella <laughs> because you only had That's enough true. money to eat fondue one time. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true it was it was delicious although that was it. funny like we went and ha- got fondue um in switzerland and we didn't like we ordered raclette as well and partially uh, like we didn't at least we didn't really know what raclette was so and so good. we didn't realize that it was kind of a terrible decision to get raclette and fondue because <laughs> <laughs> it's basically like just a f- fuck ton of cheese so um cheese. so we got them both and of course it was so expensive we had to eat it we had to eat them all <laughs> and it was just like delicious but oh my goodness so good. like cheese overload and i'm sure like the waiter was like these 
fat Americans. Fucking Americans. They're just eating, like, they just eat blocks of cheese, apparently. (sighs) Just (laughs) melted cheese. Yes. It was delicious, though, but man, that was a lot of cheese. Uh, And money. And Um, and money, yes. But then they say their their worst loop would be if they were trapped in the time it took them 26 hours to fly from Sydney to London, which sounds horrible, um, especially if it started two hours into it. You can't really escape. Um, you're just in planes at an airport. Um, maybe they could hijack the plane and learn how to fly it, which I guess would be a useful skill, but they'd probably die a whole bunch of times in plane crashes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, okay, the thing is, though, if you... It's an alternative to hijacking the plane. If you stopped at a couple different airports, just leave the airport. You know, if you're like, some, yeah, if you're somewhere, maybe like, somewhere cool, yeah, or even if you're not somewhere cool, honestly, if that's the that's loop you're having to do, just fucking leave the airport. <laughs> you know, just because, like, you know, um, anything's better than staying in the damn airport. But like, you're right, yeah. But like, it would just it sucked to start the loop at like the beginning of a ten hour flight where you're like in the air and you're just like, God damn it. yeah, that would that, would that would suck. Um, I mean, hopefully it would have some movies and stuff like that anyway, so it wouldn't be like as awful as if you're like I don't know on a plane without any entertainment or anything. But that mm-hmm. still really sucks. But yeah, like if you have a couple layovers, just like. Pick one of the layovers and like get off. Just Just leave. Just leave. (laughs) Just leave. Go somewhere else. You know, it's still not ideal, but at least you get to leave the airport. (laughs) Totally. All right, Malia, what is your idea for discussion question? Oh, yeah. Um, Well, I was going to say, if you were a familiar, what animal form would you take and why? But I like the Pokemon thing better. I'm thinking like pick a character that we've seen from Pact or from Pale and say what their Pokemon, what form they would take if they were a familiar who took a Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I like it. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Like, what would Snowdrop be as a Pokemon? What would John be as a Pokemon? <laughs> He'd be that that dog one. What is the dog? Fuck. Now I have to Google it. Dog Poochiana? The one or that no, looks but- like a German Shepherd or a Rottweiler or whatever. Um, Poochiana's too little, too, I think. Um, um God, what is your name? I'm looking at you. Hound Doom. Hound Doom. Or Hound Door. Probably Hound Doom. Hound Door. You'd be one of those. And would they evolve with more experience? Hmm. That's what I'm wondering about. Who knows? Um, Good question, though. I'm having a problem with this today. It's all right. It's, it's, it's rough. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe, share it with your friends, and leave a rating and review. To support our podcast, go to patreon.com slash doofmedia. You can also check out our website at doofmedia.com to learn about all the cool shows on the Doof Network. If you'd like to support Wildbo as he continues to write fantastic stories, go to patreon.com slash Wildbo. You can follow the pod on Twitter at Pale Comparison or send us an email at paleincomparisonpod at gmail.com. Keep an eye out for our Reddit thread in r slash parahumans where you can answer our discussion question and share your thoughts on this episode. In addition, if you'd like to see all of my predictions laid out, check out our episode description for a link to a prediction tracker, which I will update. Someday. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This week's fun fact as we're coming up to Christmas. Um, In fact, 
maybe even Christmas depend or have past Christmas, depending on when this gets released. We haven't decided if we're splitting this episode in two yet. Um, <laughs> uh, fun fact, you can get high on nutmeg if you use a stupidly large amount. So symptoms can include hallucinations, drowsiness, dizziness, con- and confusion. Can also cause organ failure and death. So do not do it. Okay? Don't get high on nutmeg. It's not fucking worth that shit. Dad would hate that so much. Our dad getting high on nutmeg or well yeah he just mom makes nutmeg or not nutmeg mom makes eggnog that's like really really Mm. good Mm -hmm. and she loves at the end to get some nutmeg and like grate it over the top and it makes her all happy and dad's just like (laughs) like (laughs) like, i think recently he's been like okay you can do like one swipe of the nutmeg but like in general i don't know what it is about it if it's like the texture or what but he's just like (laughs) nutmeg (laughs) so just (laughs) <laughs> that's true yeah he's so just so y'all know how much nutmeg is safe um according to at least this healthline article um so most recipes call for about a quarter to a half teaspoon of nutmeg um which is pretty safe um so according to the case studies from the illinois poison center um even 10 grams which is about two teaspoons of nutmeg is enough to cause symptoms of toxicity so at doses of 50 grams or more those symptoms become more severe okay um and the dangers of nutmeg overdose can occur no matter the method of delivery so inhalation or smoking (laughs) is one of the fastest methods of delivery injecting into the vein is the fastest and inhalation is often the second fastest um the slowest method is ingesting orally so um yeah just have some eggnog or like you know just have have that cake have that <laughs> you know starbucks you know latte Pumpkin or whatever long hay thingy That's, is. yeah but just just don't be down and don't be doing a nutmeg challenge or don't be down in nutmeg. Mm, it's not a good that plan. So- that would have been really bad. Yeah. Oh, I had no idea that nutmeg was dangerous. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> I'm glad to educate the masses. <laughs> All right. Uh, have a happy. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>